Well, thanks for uh, w- waking up early and uh, you know talking with me about the uh, what's going on with you and talking about the new film and everything. So um, I do appreciate that. And um, I guess what um, first question really is um, I know I was reading your bio and I know you're originally from Havana, Cuba, and you um, immigrated over to the states uh, to Miami. Um, what was it like growing up uh, in Miami when you first moved from Cuba to uh, to the states? And what kind of got you into filmmaking, I guess, at that point? Was it something when you were young, you know you always wanted to do it? Or was it something that you just slowly got into it after after a while? No, I mean, it was nowhere near my radar. I mean, I did start writing when I was very young. Um, it was actually, like, in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. My, um, my teacher, and I was still learning English, and we had to... One of the assignments was to write a short story, and um, and so I chose to write something that's you know it was very like Scooby Doo kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. my my class went on a field trip and the bus break broke down, and you know so we go like the nearest house and it happens to be this haunted house, <laughs> and it went over so well in the class, like everybody loved it. Um, so. I was like, oh, I gotta keep doing this. But, but you know, I just kept writing at that point. And I, I mean, I wrote a novel by the time that I was like 16, um, which is probably not very good, but you know, it was still a big accomplishment at that point. Yeah. But that's really what I want. That's what I went to school for was to be a novelist. Like the the film aspect of it um, was not anywhere in my radar. Yeah. And then um, I went on to go to school and kind of hard to get a job as a novelist, so mm. I convinced myself that if I, when I got a law degree, that, you know, I could have some um, financial stability mm-hmm. while I wrote my novel on the side, and then you start practicing, and you really have time for nothing. Yeah. So uh, I didn't write for a long, long time, and then um, I met um, a friend of mine who was working on a screenplay, mm. and helping him fix it or work on it, I guess, um, I started going, wow, this is a lot easier to write than it is than a novel. Um, I, you know, I think I can do this better. And, you know, so I started writing my own. And then after that, when the, you know, going to Pitch Fest and sending my screenplays to people was not working out, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make one movie and it's going to be, so amazing that everybody you know is gonna be like, wow, we have to hire her to write the next one because you know the writing is so brilliant on it. Yeah. And of course that didn't that <laughs> didn't happen. So so I made my second one, and then you know, so now I'm by my fifth. No, nobody has yet to recognize what a brilliant writer I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that that have recognized. I mean. You... You've you've uh, already done five. You've already created five films in just five years. So I mean, you're you're doing something right. You're getting people's attention by, you know, keeping at it and make creating films and creating compelling content for people. So you're you're obviously doing something right. That's, that's from what from what I can tell. Now, um, going back to your writing, writing horror was horror always something that you were more interested in than other genres or. Uh, were you always kind of like more interested in the dark side of, of kind of like writing and filmmaking? Uh, or are you pretty much, are you pretty w- 
I assume you're you're very well rounded in film, but was what drew you to horror? Was it just kind of that that one story you wrote in sixth grade that was kind of like a Scooby Doo story, and you were like, I like how it feels to write these types of uh, stories and write these films and explore the dark side. Like, was that always something you always wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, I grew up. You know, my mom was like loved watching like old like. Um, thrillers and stuff like that mm -hmm. and I never was into cartoons much or anything like that I would just stay up watching these old thrillers with her yeah and she especially loved Alfred Hitchcock and mm -hmm. so I was like he's, he's my all-time favorite yeah um and um so I so by the time that I wrote that that first story that really was what I was reading as well mm -hmm. you know I was reading you know mysteries and stuff like that for for teenagers i guess even though i wasn't a teenager myself but yeah um i mean that's always what's interested me um i really like even now i had to write a an action film for for somebody else mm -hmm. and um and I, it was tough because it's just not what comes naturally to me yeah. um and uh, and and I made it incredibly dark, so there's still okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's still people being dismembered. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you still get your hallmark on there and everything, where it's like, eh, I'm writing an action film, but I'm gonna you write know, it anyway. Put some Lou in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to throw a little Lou Simon into the mix and everything. So, that's. Um, well, uh, I guess growing up, I mean, were you reading like old Agatha Christie type stuff, or were you reading? I mean, I know me growing up. I mean. I was, I've always been into horror. It's always been just my favorite genre of all time. And just even reading books growing up, it was a lot of the Christopher Pike stuff or, you know, the R.L. Stein stuff. I wrote, I, I read a lot of Goosebumps, uh, to say the least. But uh, was it like kind of old thriller stuff that you were reading or an old mystery um, kind of novels? Or was it, I mean, you said you were up watching like, you know, Suspense with your mom. But when it comes to the reading side, was it just pretty much anything to get your hands on um, to like keep learning how to craft and how to write and everything like that too. No, yeah, I mean, it was definitely anything. It definitely had read a lot of the, the out of the Christie mysteries. And mm -hmm. It was anything like, it didn't necessarily have to be horror, horror per se. Just yeah. anything that was a mystery, that was, you know, mysterious, that there was some kind of suspense or, you know, you know, the whole, all the way to, you know, very scary stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I watched um, The Exorcist when I was still, like, I don't know, like 10 years old. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was anything like that, like, you know, anything, you know, like romantic comedies or, not that I don't watch those once in a while or whatever, but, mm -hmm. um, or anything, like comedies or dramas, I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're okay, but it's not something that I'm, like, looking forward to see, and I don't think I've ever... Oh, maybe Titanic. I can't think of anything else like that that I would have gone to the theater to watch. Yeah, um, I think we all fell into that trap with the Titanic thing. It was like one of those transcendent films. I think everybody had to go see. If you didn't, you, I think we're not right, allowed to go into the theater yeah. anymore. So you have to go see it. But other than that, you know, I, I won't go to the theater even to this day if it's not some kind of you know really good horror movie or a really good thriller with I don't know with some kind of interesting unique um setup of some kind yeah well, but 
it's you know, and, and I used to do like uh, haunted houses in mm-hmm. my garage, my parents' garage. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> with my nephew, uh, and I mean, so I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> it's just, I mean, just one of those things that I mean, I started watching horror when I was just super young. I remember going to the you know Blockbuster Video or any video rental store and just constantly renting you know slasher films and discovering horror that way that was always my kind of genre of the slasher film and then later on down the line of course getting more of an appreciation for you know uh, giallo and italian horror and things like that but um just comparing like horror growing up watching certain horror movies now or when you were younger to now i mean do you see like kind of a revival of, horror, of the horror genre at this point? I mean, you, you're doing something completely different where you're ter- telling more of a personal story that has the psychological horror element, just like in, your, in the new film three. It's, I guess at its core, a horror film, you know, has horrific things happening, but it tells like a very, you know, real story about things that are really going on in our society, unfortunately. Um, but do you think there's like, everybody's, like, you're seeing a lot of remakes these days and things like that. But um, do you think horror as a whole is getting more mature and just kind of growing in a different direction from what you're used to watching, I guess? Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's getting harder because we, real life has become so dark. Yeah, it has. <laughs> that the audience is, you know, a bit jaded. I mean, I watched, um, I remember being super terrified when I saw um, the, um, the Exorcist. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I'm not your I also was a kid, but yeah. um, I saw it not too long ago, and I'm like, this, this isn't scary at all. Yeah, so it's because I was a kid, or is it just a big, you know? Now, first we've seen movies that are far more, you know, advanced than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but reading Psycho, I mean, if you watch Psycho again, it's like takes forever. Yeah, it's, it's like forty-five <laughs> minutes before anything happens, and you're like, "Wow, they really took their time in setting up character." Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that a lot of people and reviews in past films I've heard, it's like you know, you know, it's like thirty minutes before anything happens. Well, I mean, if you don't care about the characters, then. Why should you care when they start dying? So I'd rather take my time and you know setting up characters. Exactly. But that's not even, you know, that's that's twenty twenty five minutes before something happened. Mm-hmm. But back then it was like forty five minutes, and nobody saw anything of it. You know? Yeah. This <laughs> um, it's it's just it's you know it's a different society where we want immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when people read your scripts, they'll be like, "Well, we need some kind of jump scare around this time." Or we need something to happen around this time to scare, you know, like they don't want to wait that long to for a scare. Yeah. So it's it's just different. I think we've come to expect our movies to have a certain formula, and mm-hmm. when you don't do that exactly, um, people don't like it. Yeah, this the slow burn is almost kind of a thing of the past. There's no type of uh, build up um, or anything like. Like last night, I just I was watching uh, Suspiria last night. There was a screening at a local theater of mine, and I love Suspiria. I I, I really like Dario Argento as a director, and you don't see films like that anymore where there is a lot of it's super stylized because you know just the Italian genre to me was always super stylized. But there isn't a whole lot. There's big moments that happen, but other than that, there's a lot of talking and walking around and psychedelic types things going on and. 
it's it's good that there's still like a love for those old films but looking at just modern horror as an example just with you know a lot of uh, found footage and you know like i said the remakes and things like that there's just isn't i don't know nobody's making horror film. i feel like an old man is people aren't making horror films the way they used to make them anymore except on the independent circuit i mean independent film is still alive and well with things that we remember but giant studio films don't take chances on like bigger ideas or people that have ideas in their head that they want to get their point across so i guess i think part of it is that the audience has gotten younger I mean, yeah. the ones who go to theaters still are tend to be young teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the content, I mean, that's why there's so much PG-13 horror now. Yeah. Is the content is is for them because old folkies like you and I yeah. don't go to the theater <laughs> that much. <laughs> so, so they don't make fun for us; it makes fun for them. And yeah. um, you know, I mean, I've I've been to see a couple movies and like. There's stuff that happens at night. You're remotely scary, mm-hmm. but you know they're screaming because they're so young. They, you know, they this is their first, you know, venture into horror. And to them, any little, you know, any little thing is scary. So, but that's good. It also it makes life easier for us because we don't have to. You know, it's hard to want to look at scares. Yeah. Everybody has. Well, everything has already been done. Yeah, most of everything. I mean, we'll see what happens with the next wave of horror. I mean. Just, you know, life in general is pretty scary, so you go to the theater to still get a little scared, and, you know, but now it seems like the line's blurring, we're getting scared, but then also adding that little bit of a socio-political or just like a social kind of, like, film like Get Out, you know, I think that was just, to me, it's it's a well-made film if you just took away the whole, whole horror element, but it's so telling of our society and where we, we, we've come so far, yet we haven't come far at all since we're still having to make these films and people are like shocked like wow is that how people really think or wow is that really what's going on you have to kind of look in the mirror at yourself a little bit it's, um, and there haven't really been a lot of films like that to look at yourself since probably the 70s when I guess Romero or even the 60s when Romero came out or Carpenter came out or any other big horror director nobody's really done anything like that lately so I mean hopefully more to come on that <laughs> well, um, I guess well, with your with your new film three, it's I mean it seems like a pretty um, you know, it's an intense film. It's got a lot of tension. Um, it reminded me a lot of the film Death and the Maiden a little bit with Sigourney Weaver and Ben Kingsley, where it's like taking the, uh, taking somebody captive, but not really being sure if that's the person that's the cause of your pain. Um, when you were writing three, what inspiration came from writing that film and you know, was it something personal or was it something just, you know, stories that you have read, or, you know, and things like that to kind of make that film? No, I actually haven't, I didn't even, I haven't seen that film that you just mentioned. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it, it, it made me think of it right away when I was like reading the synopsis, like, you know, a woman and, and a man take a man captive, you know, for a crime that he may or may not have committed. And it right away reminded me of Death and the Maiden. It started as a uh, a play, but then it was a film. I think it was from 19, 1995, I think. So it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, it's pretty entertaining. It's only three actors in the entire film, so that's what it kind of reminded me of a lot, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, I haven't seen that. And I, now I want to go watch it. Um, <laughs> no, actually, the original, if, if there was one film that originally mm-hmm. um, kind of 
Let me go. Well, I can do that with uh, bounce. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, I want to do something like that. Um, and I haven't even watched it in 20 years, so I, yeah. I didn't want to be swayed by the, by that story. Yeah. Um, but I wanted that idea of, you know, three people in one location mm-hmm. and just have something that's very character-driven as opposed to action-driven or anything else like that. And, yeah. and how to make that interesting enough so that, you know, you're not like, oh, my God, I'm bored to death because there's three people in one place. Yes. Um, so a lot of twists and turns comes from building the suspense and, you know, and having everything that's said, that is said mm-hmm. matter so much because yeah. there are clues to the final mm-hmm. twist in the dialogue so yeah. you know you have to you have to really listen to it um and and that was to me it was like my own you know like what i had what i said i wanted to do and so what i what i set out to do and hopefully i accomplished you know um was to be you know have a story that is that is smart and and that is that really has you guessing the whole time yeah as to you know what the what is really happening yeah and i like that whole like like you said there's so many clues hidden in the dialogue and just the portrayal that the three actors in in the film i mean at least with only three actors you get to concentrate on their backstory and you kind of get to know them and relate to them and understand empathize sympathize um, with their plight, and it does keep you guessing all the way until the end, which is, a, you know, a great, like, that's a testament that you as a writer in cr- creating the characters, and there are a lot of things going on. I mean, these these are pretty complex, you know, a lot of depth in the character, and um, another thing, too, with the, uh, just the naming of the characters, was that something on purpose you wanted it to be, where they didn't have names, they were just kind of like, you know, uh, just like pronouns, basically, it, him, her, uh, was that was that something uh, done on purpose as well? Like you didn't, we want to know these people, but we don't want to know their names, type of thing. I mean, was that uh, something you did on purpose as well? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely wanted them to to be standing for people in that situation rather than. I mean, there's not other than the fact that you know that you know that she was raped mm-hmm. and that he was in the army. Um, there's not a lot of backstory to them. Yeah. You don't know if they have parents, you don't know if they have, you know, kids, they're married, you know, you don't mm-hmm. know anything about them, so, um, and you only, they only use names, um, at the very end. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, it was, it was, and definitely, it's for the person being, you know, that was kidnapped, mm-hmm. um, that was definitely, it actually started with that, because I was like, well... I want him, since they're trying to desensitize themselves to possibly doing something horrendous to this guy, yeah. they're going to keep referring to, to him as an id. Yeah. Um, so it started with that, and I'm like, well, if he's it, well, they're just he and she. Yeah. Um, they're, they're... But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the creative process is so weird, because you can start with one thought, and then it just 
before you know it, other stuff happens and you don't even realize how it happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, where, where did we go from A to B? It's like, how did we get here? And it's like, and was the crew, was it a big crew that you were working with for the film? I mean, for such a small film, no, I'm sure there weren't a lot of people working with you. It was a very, very small crew. We, because we had to stay at the house while we were filming. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had just a bare minimum crew that we needed um, because we were all like sleeping on, air, you know, air mattresses, yeah. and, uh, couches and stuff like that. And it was, you know, we had two bathrooms for everybody. So yeah, we couldn't, you know, there were people offering to come help me for free and I was like, no. I don't have space for you, <laughs> sorry. You, no. <laughs> you can work for Unless free, but I don't have an air mattress. home every night. No. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, you guys were shooting where? Were you guys shooting in Atlanta somewhere? No, we actually shot in Chattanooga. Oh, okay. Because I also yeah, it would have been great if I'd been at Atlanta because I could have gone home every night. Exactly. Know? It's like I'll see you guys later. I'm going to sleep in my own bed tonight. Uh, good luck out here. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I, also... I wish no. It was it was Chattanooga. So I mean, we were sharing rooms and stuff like that. And I don't think I had one good night of sleep uh, the entire time because yeah. it was always. No matter who I shared a room with, it always made some kind of noise. I'm a very light sleeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, 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 uh, doing a movie like this, like a horror film, um, does it put you more on edge when you're kind of filming it? Um, I mean, what, what's kind of like the, the vibe around being with a crew while shooting a horror movie, especially something that's kind of like, you know, intense and personal, like, like a film like this? Was there more of like a sense of dread doing it? I mean, what's like the overall vibe of people when you're shooting a, a such a kind of intense film like this? No, I mean, I can't really say that, I mean, other than the rape scene, the rape scene was, was the buildup for that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, we all had all worked together before. Mm-hmm. So we're really good friends. Yeah. And it was actually more like, you know, being in summer camp or something with your best friends, you know, yeah. just having a good time, <laughs> laughing a lot and, Everybody there um, is a horror fan as well. So mm-hmm. many things like, oh, it's gonna look so cool, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. It's you know, it's really not tense at all. The rape scene, at least for the beginning, yeah. was really. I mean, it was really tough, mm-hmm. and everybody was like quiet as a mouse, and yeah. was, like looking at each other, like, oh my god, how are we gonna do it? Um, but then the actors who had started drinking during lunchtime <laughs> started cracking jokes, and then we couldn't all stop laughing. It's like we had all this, you know, we had all this uh, tension built up. Mm. So when they started laughing, and we started laughing, then nobody could stop laughing. Was, oh boy! The weirdest thing you could imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're trying to shoot this real serious scene, and nobody can kind of control themselves at that point. <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed so hard on on a set. To be honest, though, it was like hysterical. <laughs> was they were it just so funny? Was that one of the uh, last? Get him, get him drunk. Yeah, yeah, just get him drunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just do this. Whatever is easier for them to get through this. Was that one of the last scenes that you guys shot for uh, filming, or was it in the middle, beginning? I mean, was it like a big build up? It was in the middle of shooting, but it was the last scene um, between the two actors. Oh, okay. So, Okay. So the you know so that was it. Yeah. That's how we ended we ended their scenes together. Okay. And two of the actors are in one are in, in one half of the scenes, and two of the other actors are in the other scene. There's only really one scene where all three of them are in 
at the same time. Yeah. I, so. I, I, <clears throat> well, um, another big scene in the film, too, was with uh, Anelia McGinnis, where she has her reveal, of, I mean, of um, what what the uh, what her rapist did to her and everything like that. Uh, was that a hard scene to shoot as well? Because I know her, her story, she had a double mastectomy, so used it for, like, you know... Um, she was more than more than proud or more than happy to kind of like do the scene but what was that scene like too and using something that really happened to her in the film and kind of using it for like a different reason yeah i mean i i wrote this scene i wrote that scene after i spoke to her about it mm-hmm. um i usually don't like to have nudity in my films um, yeah so this was going to be like the first time i had anything remotely you know, new, even though it wasn't very sexual at all. Yeah. Um, but um, I, she had posted a picture of herself after the mastectomy mm. where she was dressed up like the Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> so she had like the big, you know, the big hair. Yeah, the big flat top uh, and everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she was topless and then she had her scars. Mm-hmm from the surgery and then she had added more scars throughout her body that was her Halloween costume and she was basically topless walking around like that oh wow <laughs> and yeah because I mean I think she really just gives an opportunity to show people look this is not the end of the world yeah of course and you know you get a diagnosis like that you're not you you kind of have to make you know lemonade out of lemons and absolutely so you can't act like it's the end of your life mm-hmm. um and I'm not going to be defined by, you know, whether, you know, I have scars in my breasts or not. So she was, she, she has to this day, you know, continued this campaign on how to, you know, empower women yeah. to be able to survive, you know, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that picture originally, I was like, oh my God, that looks just so gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm supposed to feel like it's empowering, but it's just so difficult to look at. Yeah. Um, so I... I asked her, I was like, okay, if I wrote a scene doing that, mm-hmm. um, using that, would that, would you be offended by that? Yeah. Um, and, um, and because to me, you know, as a woman myself, I like that, <laughs> having somebody do that, it's almost like worse than the rape itself. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, just because it's, you know, that's something you're going to have to look at for the rest of your life. You know, yeah. Kind of thing. You know, the emotional scars you might be able to mm-hmm. to overcome with therapy, but that's that's something you always gonna look at yourself and be reminded of that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I just like, wow, that would just add that additional just you know sting to the entire situation. Yeah. And it's also a way for her to prove that it actually happened, right? Because there's a doubt of whether she was raped or not. Exactly. So, so I asked her if it was okay if she felt comfortable, or you know. I'm like, am I, am I abusing <laughs> yeah. you know, the situation? What do you think? So, I mean, you, you could use another actress and just, you know, and just have it be completely special effect. We still, by the time that we shot, she had, you know, her scars are healed a lot. So we actually yeah. had to enhance them. Um, and I said, you know, would that be okay? And she was like, absolutely. You know, I, I if, if it makes sense for the story, do yeah. it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, and if anything, it brings more awareness, hopefully, to uh, other women who you know may have they may have cancer or something like that too, and they may ask questions like, "Okay, that's part of the plot," but also, 
is that something practical? Does something happen to her? And if, if anything, hopefully it raises some awareness for, you know, taking care of yourself, getting, getting your checks and everything like that, especially when you're telling the story now about how that came to be. It, it wasn't just some effect. It was something that really happened to her. And the fact that she was able to, if anything, bring more awareness in some way, shape, or form with the film too, it's, that's even more important. It seems like this, this film is built on a lot of awareness, you know, a lot of social awareness, a lot of, you know, um, you know, um, health awareness, and also just making the fact that, you know, people who are either uh, accused of rape or have been raped and things like that too, it's, it's a, I think you said it's like a cancer, you know, it's, so there's two ways of telling, talking about cancer here. There's like, you know, what, uh, what, uh, Anelia went through. And then also just the fact that rape is still a horrible burden on our society that, you know, people either go come forward and can, you know, confront their rapist now, which it seems like a lot of people are doing now, or people are still hiding because they're shamed. Unfortunately, a lot of people still shame people for, you know, being raped in our society. It's like, it's not their, you know, it's not their fault. You know, there's, there's a lot of fault to go around, but you shouldn't be, you know, shaming anybody for having something horrible happen to them too. So... Well, lately, I mean, what has been on the news a lot lately is people getting away with it. Absolutely, you know, you know? like literally getting, getting a slap in their hand. You know, well, you know, you had a promising life. Yeah, so did she. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> before, you know, her life was ruined by being raped. Exactly. Um, and it's, I mean, it's been a lot of them. The other day, there was one in South Florida where we're from. Yeah. Uh, about a girl who was, you know, mentally, um, you know. Uh, I don't know if she was she was autistic or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and she was raped by four boys. I mean, you know, yeah, it's... Um, and they get nothing, nothing yeah. for for what they you know what they did to her. It's just awful. Um, yeah. Lately, there's been a lot of those in the news recently. Yeah, and it and think those are just the ones that are in the news. Think of all the ones that don't make it to print or you know happen in small towns or small communities where. It's hidden behind, like, you know, it's hidden behind either, you know, clergy or police or parents or friends or anything like that, too. So it's still just like, it, it you know, we know it happens more often than it gets reported, unfortunately. And, you know, I guess films like this where there's more awareness, you know, hopefully. Because with, with this film, I mean, do you want it to be just, do you want it to be kind of a uh, call to arms about, like, look, you know, if these things happen to you, you want, you want to get it out there. Don't be ashamed of what happened you know go out there and you know make sure your your story is told too or i mean are you looking for the balance between the story like that and also making sure it's a, a horror movie at its heart too you know i mean i, I don't know necessarily i i i don't i, I know that turning into a, um, a horror movie is what's going to sell it and so i know that this story is probably what they're going to eventually you know put it under yeah um I think of it more as a psychological thriller. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's kind of important that people know that because I don't want them to go, you know, go rent it and, they, and then I get the reviews like, it said it was horror. It's yeah. not horror. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, you know, guys. The difference don't make the reviews we do. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, I mean, I, ideally, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna assume that it's, it's such a small budget, such a small cast, especially, you know, it's, you know, I, 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 
would love to one day be in a position where I really thought that my movies would make some kind of difference mm-hmm. in the world. Um, I don't think I'm there now. Um, so it's most, you know, I'm not going to make myself out to be some kind of big hero. It is mostly for entertainment value. Yeah. Um, but um, hopefully, you know, if it, you know, even if I just go on these, you know, film festivals and I get to talk about it a little bit, um, and if nothing, it's comforting for me as a woman to know there's men out there like yourself yeah. from what you're saying mm-hmm. that understands how difficult it is for us. And, you know, I mean, I just did another interview the other day. And he's like, well, you know, have you ever been raped? I'm like, I haven't been raped, but it's come close. Yeah. Um, and that's the experience of most of my girlfriends where, yeah. you know, even if you haven't actually been raped in what used to be termed date rape, I don't think they're using that term anymore. Yeah. I think um, it's SPC is it? Was I guess <laughs> if it was ever PC at all, you know. I yeah. mean, now you know. Let's just face it. Do you say yes or no? Well, you're on a date or not. Yeah, exactly. But I've had really, really close situations that was really, really scary. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I come into work every morning at five o'clock in the morning, and I walk around, you know, looking around the entire time because I'm afraid that something's going to happen. It's the yeah. reality, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a safe place for women. No, unfortunately, it's not. We haven't progressed. It seems like, uh, like I said earlier, like we feel like we've progressed on certain issues, but there's still so much holding it back. I mean, you know, for women or minorities or, or immigrants or anybody, it's, you know, of course, I'm speaking from a white male perspective, so it doesn't really give me a lot of legs to stand on or anything like that. But at least if you can empathize and sympathize with people and understand their situation and unfortunately there's so many people out there that don't they, they live in their own little bubble and as long as they're not being bothered they feel like the world is working for them it's like yeah the world's working for you but you got to work together to make the world a little bit better down the line too so and to your point i mean you don't have to have experienced something to write about it or do a film about it. i mean just like asking a question like oh have you been raped how do you know what it's like it's like i don't have to know i mean i have either friends that maybe it's happened to but putting yourself in somebody's situation is like the best way to understand you know you have to have that empathy and sympathy to realize like look just because it's never happened to me it doesn't mean one it can't or two i don't understand their perspective you know and um in this day and age it's getting well, harder and harder say, if, I, if i start to only writing stuff i've experienced um, oh I yeah <laughs> I would definitely not be writing horror because I've never been chased by an act with a guy on act. So exactly. Where, yeah. Know? It's like not not <laughs> many of us can say that, you know. <laughs> I've never been sleeping and somebody's entered my dream and you know tried to kill me and I wake up. So if I you know, like you said, if you only wrote about things you knew, it'd be a very boring place and we need people to, you know, keep writing and being creative or and or just telling stories that are really happening but putting their own twist you know and that's where that's where you guys that's where the filmmakers come in so it's you know you guys are doing a great job and you're, you're doing a great job just staying busy i mean five films in five oh, years of various genres and but also doing horror which is my favorite genre so keep or in this case psychological horror psychological thriller but you know you definitely seem to be a a person who's always appreciated horror and loved it for as long as they've um, been writing about it in sixth grade, haunted house stories and things like that too. So, <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you for taking the time. And um, I guess with with this film, uh, I guess you'll be doing the festival circuit now, uh, kind of coming up for September and October and through the rest of the year, like pretty much film uh, screening this film for the festivals. Yeah, I have. Um, we just did Horror Hound, so then we. Uh, I have Women in Horror Film Festival next weekend, which mm-hmm. is here in Atlanta. So I have to travel for once. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I have. Um, I am actually going to be in Orlando the second week, uh, a free show, and then in New York for the New York City Horror Film Festival. And I'm getting an award on the seventh. I think it is. Oh, congrats! Um, at the Shan- at the Shanache, um, uh, Film Festival for you know woman director of the year I'm oh like, wow what? look at that I know. So, <laughs> so i'm trying to make it to boston then too so yeah so a lot of traveling hey but, but a lot of hey, award-winning award-winning director lou simon here so that's uh or soon to be award-winning director lou simon so uh <laughs> congratulations that's that's amazing uh I know up, up Thank at, you. I was like, I was floored when he told me. I was like, wow, really? Okay. Must, must be doing, I mean, I guess if you're doing the job, you don't really expect anything from it. You're just kind of like, okay, this is the job. This is what I'm doing. But then when you're recognized by other people, you know, it's kind of like one of the more flattering things that you can that you can have. It's like, oh, some people are watching. And I guess that kind of keeps you going as like a director or writer. It's like, well, I'm being awarded. Some, somebody must care about what I'm doing right now. Okay, so. but, Reviews out there. I mean, oh, yeah. you, well, you read on IMDb the you know the trolls. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had somebody in my last film comparing my film uh, on IMDb to Twilight and saying, "Well, Twilight does this better." I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding me, Twilight? I mean, that's made for hundreds of millions of dollars, and you want to compare that to my little yeah. bunch of horror films? I mean, how how are you even comparing the two things?" You know? Yeah, it's like, well, uh, thanks, I guess, for comparing it to a multi-billion-dollar franchise, but uh, not really in the same ballpark. But thanks anyway for the I, review. <laughs> yeah, like, well, okay, give me those hundred million. I could make a better movie than Twilight for that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, give me a chance. So, I mean, and that's the kind of thing that you have to deal with. So, I mean, it's very easy to just listen to the negative. And, yeah. and feel like, what am I doing? I'm such a fraud. I shouldn't do this again. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so whenever you do get some kind of nice feedback, uh, I mean, I get, I get, since my films are in other countries, you know, I, mm-hmm. I get emails and, and messages from all over the world saying, oh, I watched your film and I loved it. And I'm like, wow, not only did they watch the film and loved it, but they went out of their way to find a way to contact me to tell me that. Exactly. That feels great. Yeah, that's, that's a Because I watch a lot of movies I never think of sending a message to the filmmakers to tell them I loved it. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, they liked it enough that they did this. Yeah, I mean, it did something to them. They were like, wow, I really like this film. It was great. You know, thank you for making it. It's like, you don't really, it's like kind of like old fan mail from a long time ago. If you would get fan mail in the mail, like, dear, dear Lou, I loved your film. It changed my life. It's like, you don't really get a lot of that. Pretty much all you get now are people reviewing the films or putting their little review in the internet and saying like, oh, this is, Oh, this movie sucked. Or I like this movie a lot. It's like, well, thanks for the substance. You know, you don't really. You know, thanks for watching. At the end of the day, but everybody wants to be. And, a, and the majority a critic. of people who are, gonna, it's just like, it's like yo, you know, yeah. the majority of people who are going to leave reviews on, on businesses, on films, or whatever, are the people who don't like it. Exactly. And that it's and it's so subjective because you know, everybody's going to have. Yeah, you know, people have different tastes. Mm-hmm. So somebody else 
likes a movie, but not they don't think of like, oh, let me go leave a good review because they have a life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And they watch 80 movies a week. So, you know, especially with Netflix and all that stuff, you watch so much content, you don't think of going to leave a nice review. Yeah. Because it's too much time exactly so yeah. most of the time you what you do get are the people who don't like it and you know they have a right to their opinion mm-hmm. um but that's not the only opinion of course you know, you know they're they're, they're the uh, vocal minority all the people that are leaving the uh you know bad reviews and everything because you know they have nothing better to do i guess they used to have a lot of free hand of free time on their hands exactly yeah, I mean, if I had a like, if I had a dollar for all the times that people were like, "Oh, your your podcast sucks," or "Your website's this or that," it's like, and then you fall down the rabbit hole of saying, "I'm trying to defend yourself," or it's like, "Why am I defending myself against people that are saying you aren't good?" It's like, I I you know I, I've learned to not lose sleep over it anymore, and I guess a lot of everybody else has too, because I'm sure at some point in their time in time, everybody's been called either a hack or a fraud or you're not doing it like quit what you're doing if everybody just heard that the first time we wouldn't have a lot of great directors or writers still working we wouldn't have anybody nobody would be doing anything except complaining on the internet i guess at this point <laughs> right yeah. uh, oh well <laughs> well thank you know, i guess that you know thanks for ranting a little bit with me i guess we kind of feel the same way about certain things when it comes to that you know <laughs> it's kind of the way it is Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, thanks for your time today, Lou. I really appreciate it, and uh, congratulations. Uh, you know, and you know, keep keep going. And you know, it seems like you are. This seems like a big year for you. So, um, once again, congratulations. Yeah. Doing a great job. The film was great. I think it was. You know, it, it told a, a personal story, but it also you know it satisfied like people who like horror as well or psychological thrillers as well. It was just a very well made movie for such a small budget it was done expertly and you know the acting was great and you know it, overall just great job and thanks for once again taking the time and just talking about the film and talking about you know what you have going on to find more about simplistic reviews visit simplisticreviews.net or follow us on twitter at simpletweeters instagram at simplegramming and of course facebook.com slash simplisticreviews podcasts are found on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play Music and YouTube. For Simplistic Reviews, I'm Julie, thanks for listening.